This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. It's your boy, HH. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram. Follow us on SoundCloud if you're listening over there. Yeah, shout out to all the ways. So if you're on Spotify, remember to follow us over there. Shout out to everybody that's on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. It's free. What are you doing? You know, if you're a patron, we have a Patreon page, obviously. I'm thinking about doing like some FIFA stuff over there. So if you're interested in that, comment. Cool. Playing or playing FIFA or playing FIFA, like oh. a career mode of I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. One, one of those, like, you know, we're, we're gonna rebuild, I don't know, Manchester United and then I do all the transfers to get them back to win the Champions League or something like that. I don't know. Mm. But that's just an idea. So if you're into like FIFA career mode and stuff like that, and that's something you'd be interested in and in, in watching me do, or maybe there's no way half hope's gonna play FIFA, right? No. <laughs> FIFA's crap. Pro-Pro-Pro have always, uh, not always, but Proiva is currently better than FIFA. That's a fact. Let's not do that debate. But yeah, that's that's the thing. So um, I'm thinking of just about re- reworking the Patreon kind of rewards. Because right now, it's like if it gets to a certain amount of money, we'll do two podcasts a week or a live show or stuff like that. So I'm thinking about reworking it just a bit. Check out our Patreon. It's in the description. I encourage everybody to... The, to, to look through the tiers and join. And I think this week's extra is going to be about, it's going to be about Kanye. It's going to be about skin bleaching. We oh might do God. some NBA stuff as well. I'll have to look at the votes on the poll. and see Skin bleaching? About. Jesus. When when you see the Megan Good pictures, you'll understand. Oh, so- <laughs> she's oh my God. Oh, no. Megan, why? Why? Why, Megan? Oh, my God. Let's ride, man. Let's ride. Let's ride. All right. Let's ride. Let's ride. Um, Liverpool, two. Spurs, one Spurs took the lead early in like the first two three minutes maybe. Um, Harry Kane got a header. In my mind, I was like Liverpool are gonna win this, but I don't know how. It was just like one of those. So, I, so, so at no point you, you didn't think that it was gonna. They were they, Tottenham could squeeze a draw. Have you have, have you heard the expression that they scored too early? Yes, yes. Oh yeah. It, would wanna, it was like okay, you're at Way Anfield and you go up by a goal, and I'm thinking. They're probably gonna end up losing the game. I don't know how it's gonna happen or why it's gonna happen or whatever the case, but they're probably gonna end up losing. And then Sun had a chance to put to go up two nil, and it, when he hit the bar, mm. I, I was like, mm, "Something's gonna happen, fishy." And then Henderson scores, and uh, I guess we'll we'll get into the penalty later. But uh, what did you feel about just the game? As a whole, did you have that kind of ominous feeling that Liverpool were going to come back, or did you actually think that Spurs might do something? When Tottenham went into a halftime 1 0, mm. I was like, maybe. I knew that Tottenham were never going to win, never going to win. But when they went to the halftime and 1 0, I was like, maybe they'll get a thingy. But then when um, in the second half, it was all Liverpool, and it was like constant, constant pressure from Liverpool, and Tottenham were literally not doing anything to respond. Then I was like, you know what? Um, yeah, like basically, you can't keep having that sustained amount of pressure for that long and not give anything back. And literally, Liverpool just happened to much, print too much pressure against them. So 
I thought somehow, somewhere, Liverpool were going to get that. Once Henderson scored, I was like, yeah, these guys are going to get that second goal somehow, somewhere. And, and mm. your boy El, El, El Dio <laughs> and the Egyptian icon doing their thing, man. Do you think that was a penalty? Harsh, but yes. As a referee, I wouldn't give it. But you make any kind of contact in the box like that, it's given. Because remember, same thing whenever they, they do with law, you can't keep chopping and changing. Now, you have to look at the law and everything. But mm. based on what has been given... And past evidence, that's a that that's a foul and it's a penalty. As a referee for me, I remember your tweets. I remember and your tweet is it's very similar to what I think about. A penalty is like 90% a goal. So my thing is that as a referee, and maybe I can't do this because I've got to follow the rule of law, but even let's say I was a referee who could be independent, it has to be a clear foul for me to give it as a penalty. Because if I'm giving you a penalty, I'm 90% giving you a goal. So it's for for the foul to be given, it's gonna be a this is a clear foul. That wasn't a clear cut foul. You know, yeah, it was a contact here and there, but it wasn't a strong enough contact for that bit, a strong enough foul. So I wouldn't give I personally as a referee wouldn't give it. But based on what has been given before and what has been laid down in the past, boom. I, I look at the handball rule, and this is kind of where I take a little bit of guidance from. Maybe this is wrong. Maybe people would be like, ah, this is the wrong way to look at it, but it's me. So here we go. Um if I'm a defender and my hand is in a natural position and the ball strikes my my arm or my hand. The referee is in his within his discretion to say that was accidental, he didn't necessarily mean it, and it's not a penalty. If I have my arm extended out and I'm actually trying to stop it, the one that comes to mind is like Suarez against Ghana. Um, he just bats the ball, you know, that's clearly intentional. As a referee, I then award a penalty. When I look at the REA, he was trying to clear the ball. And maybe it doesn't work the same way with fouls and handballs, but this is just where, where my mind goes. If I'm not intending to foul you, I feel like there should be some discretion in the law that says... How, so, 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 so is that now because, again, intention, that's tough because the referee can't det- determine that in real time. So I you not say that in VAR, the referees can somehow determine some, if a player was it intentional or not? Some combination of the referee in real time. And now that we have VAR, I guess this, this could help my idea. But I've always thought this with or without VAR. And maybe that's just a kind of privileged point of view because we get to see the replays, five, seven replays in slow motion, various angles and whatnot. But when I look at it, I, I think because a penalty is virtually a goal, a penalty in my mind needs to be the consequence of intention. So if we go back to the Leicester game that um, I think Milner had the penalty, and Mark Albrighton fouled Mane. I didn't think that was a foul necessarily, but Albrighton's intention was something that for me would equal a foul. You were just sloppy in what you were doing, and you caught Mane, and he made the most of it. Aurier's intention wasn't a foul. It wasn't, I'm going to get my Mane even said, I'm going to try to put myself in between Aurier and the ball, and hopefully he kicks me. <laughs> I'm just like... Oh, but oh, Aurier, oh, is that what Mane actually said? He said something to that effect in, okay. the, in the post-match. So I was looking, I'm just like, if Aurier doesn't mean to foul you, how can it be a foul? Even if I don't intend to impede someone's attempt at trying to play the ball, if I imp- impede you, intentional or not, I impede you. Okay, I didn't mean to foul you, but at the, at the end of the day, by the technical rule of law, I made connection with um leg to leg not leg to, to okay oh, and fine fine let's say that idealistic frame isn't always going to work 
there is a rule in the book that says if there's contact in the box, you don't necessarily have to give a penalty. You could give a free kick inside the box. And we've seen that many times where, like, there's a free kick from, I don't know, five yards outside. Oh, yeah, and, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, the team all lines up where the goal is. And, you know, the uh, the attacking team has to kind of move it quick and maybe shoot it into the roof of the yeah. net or something like that because there's just a big wall of, you know, defenders in the goal. I feel like that would have been more appropriate in this situation. But, again, that's me with the benefit of, like, added replays and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not a Liverpool fan. So, <laughs> obviously, if you're a Liverpool fan, it's a foul because REA kicks money. Fair enough. If you're a Spurs fan, maybe you say it's it's nothing. But if you're like me, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Like, I feel like that could have been a, a free kick and that would have been more correct given the intention and what happened. But, yeah, I, I, whatever happened to free kicks in the box? Is that not a thing anymore? Yeah, like, like, I, I, I was about to say, like, maybe people may not, or you may know, comments will not, like, what kind of foul had to be committed for there to be a free kick in the box? Because I've, I've sort of forgotten. Same. I was hoping you might know, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it may be a certain foul that took place outside of the box, but you somehow put it inside the box. Or maybe it was if a keeper handled it outside of the box, they would give a free kick inside the box. Because I think that they, they've maybe, like, expunge that rule now because i've literally not seen that free kick been given for like years for me that would be like a perfect kind of middle ground of yeah, where yeah. if i foul you and i intend to foul you or it's just a really really bad foul like okay penalty like standard but if there's like a little gray area where like i don't think this person meant to commit this foul but there was contact what do we do maybe you give a penalty if that's your style of refereeing or if that's how you see the game but for me i'm more like if the player didn't mean to do it but there was something, something had to be called. The whistle had to be blown. Do you give a penalty that's a guaranteed goal for a mistake that wasn't quite egregious or doesn't really meet the standard of something that should cost you a goal? I don't know. But that's just what I was thinking at the time. No, nevertheless, Liverpool seem to be finding ways to win um, or at least get points. The question that I have in mind was Liverpool are being resilient, but are they having to be resilient too much? When City won the league, I think two seasons be, be, before, you can even argue last season, but even two seasons before, a lot of games were just last minute winners, last minute winners. And the key thing is to have that in your locker where you just know how to win, I think is a very good asset to, to have. But think, you can't allow that to be the running theme for the rest of your season because at the end of the day, it's, it's, you can't, you will come to when, eh, it ain't going to work. You ain't going to give the equalizer. So Klopp has to get these guys to start playing well and winning convincingly because you, you, because you can't just win unconvincingly for the entire season. Uh, let's talk about Leicester, bro. Or more, uh, uh, bro, bro, bro. More accurately, bro. let's 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 talk about Southampton, bro. No, actually, actually, before we start, Carl Anka works for the the Athletic. He's obviously the third member of this podcast. He's busy at the moment. But what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna cut to an interview that I that I did with him a few minutes ago, I guess, or. A few hours from now. I'm not sure when this interview is going to happen, but if it does happen, we're going to put it here. It's peak in Southampton, Carl. Just, just, just talk to me about what's going on, man. Oh, it's, it's peak. Streets is done. Maybe Streets is done. I'm not sure yet. Streets might be done. Now, now, let me put it this way. On Friday, so the Athletic, we don't do match reports. Um, we do what I'm calling debriefs. So we we make sure we we watch the game properly and we make sure our articles aren't done within 20 minutes of full time. But we talk to people, we get a unique angle, we make sure we bring you analysis that is 
ahead of the other analysis. So for Friday, the plan was I was going to watch that game with the brass band. So uh, the guys who played the tuba and the trumpet uh, and talk about, oh, when the Saints go marching in. So mm. I rocked up at, it was eight o'clock kickoff. I was there from five talking to this brass band, learning about their likes, their loves, their everything. And they're a fantastic group. And I'm going to go back and talk to them. And I sat down, eight o'clock, one nil at 10 minutes. I went, okay. Two nil, 17 minutes. Okay. Three nil, 19 minutes. Uh, and I'll say this, the time it took for me to tweet out the description from the second goal was not enough time for me to tweet out the third goal. So I was going, the second goal, Leicester City, Jose Perez, da 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 And now I finished that tweet, goal, Leicester, third goal, da 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 I remember messaging my boss after 3 0 going, they're imploding. Uh, my boss said, Yeah, they are. Like, you have to tell the trumpet man they ain't going to get an article this weekend. It's going to be something else. <laughs> so I did. And they were really nice and polite. And I'll get back to them later on this month. Uh, and I just, I cannot believe what I witnessed. Um, <laughs> so you have to bear in mind when you watch a game of football as a journalist, you want, you want to have your laptop open. Or you want to, you know, you want your laptop open, you want your phone out there, you want notepad and pen. There was a point in time where I couldn't even have my laptop open. I was just there with my phone going, what am I watching? So when when Southampton play good football, right? Mm -hmm. Southampton are are the closest thing to a Red Bull football club in Europe, in England, I should say. So all the Red Bull clubs, Leipzig, Salzburg, um, Brazil, um, to an extent, all want to play this 4-2-2-2 formation. So... It's a flat back four, and then you've got two central mid- midfield pivots, and then you've got two wide men who kind of pinch inside, and two strikers up top. And the idea is the wide men are pinched in a little bit, so they're almost inside forwards, but they're not quite. And the idea is when they're quite narrow, the idea is they press really, really high up the pitch, so the opposition, especially in left centre back and right centre back, they can't pass to their fullback, so they have to pass it down the middle. And then the two centre centre midfielders. Uh, win possession back and then you press really high up the pitch. That's what happens in a good Southampton side on the hustle or a good Red Bull side. Um, and the idea is if you can't, if the if the team tries to play it wide, the entire front four will drift left or right. So Leicester are going, ah, safe. This is what they want to do. So let's pretend to go down the right-hand side. And the moment Southampton drifted to the right, they just played out wide to Ben Chilwell at left back, who got who linked up with Harvey Barnes and they just wrecked them every single time. Like two of Eose Perez's hat- three goals for the hat trick were just Eose Perez standing at back post waiting for Chilwell to cross the ball. In. It was so easy. When it was 3 0 after 20 minutes, I saw fans leave the ground. When it was half time, it was 5 0. And I told a Southampton fan about the tactical thing, about how the fullbacks at Leicester are ruining Southampton. And he went, Carl, there is no time for tactics. We are just shit. <laughs> Mate. Mate. <laughs> Streets was done. It got to a point in the end where I, I wasn't even I wasn't even tweeting about description of the goal. I just said goal Leicester so and so twenty eight minutes you know sixty five minutes. There was a bit in the seventy ninth sixty ninth minute where James Ward Prowse had a free kick on goal, and then uh, Southampton fans cheered. We've just had a shot on target. They had three shots on target. Leicester City had fourteen. Fourteen shots on target. That is a shot on target every six and a half minutes 
All right, you want you want let me put this in context for you who like to listen to music. Let me get some Kanye West songs. Hey Jude from the Beatles is seven and a half minutes long. Let me look up some Kanye West songs that are six minutes long. Like six and a half minutes is not a long time. It is two pop songs. This new Kanye West album is twenty four minutes. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. looking funny in the light. Leicester City were utterly rampant and dominant, and they if they don't finish in top four. Something someone has got injured is basically what I want to say. That's how good they looked. But Southampton were Southampton were bad and unlucky. And we've said that if you like follow stats or anything, if you're good, you tend to be in the top half of the table. If you're bad, you tend to be in the bottom half. If you're good and lucky, you tend to win a trophy. So Real Madrid on Zizan constantly won Champions League because they were good and lucky. If you're bad and unlucky, you tend to get relegated. Southampton were bad and uniquely unlucky against Leicester City and the problem is they got to play Manchester City twice away from home in one week bruv <laughs> I don't I don't it was it, it hit differently the whole city in the weekend was just dang yo I forgot you lived there I lived there <laughs> and it's not like I don't know Chelsea or it's no. not like no, like, no, 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 no. The Chelsea stadium is in London. You, you, you know what I mean? Like Chelsea mm-hmm. aren't called London, but like Southampton is Southampton, right? So that's the only football club in town, and yeah. everybody there supports them. So what's the vibe been like just in the city? No, no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to mention number nine right now. Yeah, <laughs> if, one, if, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. Bro. <laughs> so, so here's the thing, right? Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing I brought up. <laughs> Uh, Leicester City fans were chanting we want 10 as early as 6-0 up and then they said we want 10, we want 10, we want 10 and then Jamie Vardy scored 7 and you're just like, oh god uh, apparently, well, I was in the press box and there were some very senior figures affiliated with certain organisations, not Southampton Football Club who after 4-0 went this is worrying um, and we know for a fact that at I think it was at 6-0 Johnny Evans told Leicester players, lads, we can get the record for the for the biggest Premier League victory. Oh, that's because Johnny Evans was at uh, Manchester United and he was aware that the previous record was, was uh, I think it was a 9-1 uh, when Manchester United beat Ipswich. This is the biggest defeat in Premier League history since Ma- in 25 years. This is the biggest victory from an away team Ever. in English top flight history. English top flight history. When I say that, I don't mean in the Premier League since 1992. I mean, in the 131 years of English football, (laughs) no away team has scored more goals than Leicester City. Anyone who went to that game, and uh, I'll say this right now, any Southampton fan that went to that game and left after 20 minutes and went, nah, I'm not having this. I'm going home. Fair play. Any Southampton fan that stayed, fair play. I watched it on match of the day on on Saturday and I still could not understand what was going on. So as somebody who's getting more used to being in the press box, what was the vibe inside of there? Like you can't cheer, you can't respond. Like like what what was the kind of just the mood of the journalists? All etiquette went out the window, right? So you got to bear in mind. So there is there is etiquette, right? So yeah. yeah. Uh, after during the one one draw from against Southampton Manchester United, um, journalists asked me how I was going to react because it was the team I support versus the team I'm I'm covering for work. Hmm. Um, I said I'll oh, behave, but there was a point where Darren James overlapped Cedric, who was playing at right back that game. And I said, run, you dickhead. And the journalist all looked at me and went, oh, so you support Southampton now? I was like, shit. 
like, I'm not behaving. So, and I've I've told people who I'm sat next to, I'm really sorry. I swear, and I get I get agitated because I'm still watching like a fan. Mm. For the most part, you're meant to just be like, okay, goal, fine. There's a quite a lot of communication for substitutions. Yeah. Um, like who got substituted there? Who made that foul? That sort of stuff. But you know, you know, you're not getting hype. You're not getting. You're not. Sw- you're not really swearing that much, or or yelling at the fan, or saying switch, or he's on his own, or that sort of stuff. Friday. <laughs> Some man were going out there. I can't believe what's going on. Some man were out there screaming, "What is this?" It, I don't. Know. It, it was. Um, do you drive, Daniel? No, I don't. Uh, but you have you been in a car driving down the street and there's been a car crash? Um. Yes. So you know that weird bit where all the cars slow down so they can get like a proper good look at the car crash? Yeah. That was what it was like in the press box. Just a, what the hell is going on? And it's bad, right? Because I don't think any Southampton player out there deserved that. No one, no one deserves to get done nine 0 <laughs> Nine nil. Nine, nine. That's one every ten minutes, right? Okay, no one deserves that. That's that's a different kind of pain. Um, no one came out from the mix zone to do play interviews. There was a little bit for the television for interviews. Uh, Ralph Hassel publicly apologized. Hoiberg, the captain for Southampton, publicly apologised, um, both on TV and on and on social media. The manager, I've I've not seen someone that was a different kind of pain. All the colours gone from his face. You know when someone they don't look like they're going to cry and they don't look like they're going to swing, but they just look like... Defeated. Just different, right? Just mm. Mm, that sort of thing. And they got City, so... <laughs> <laughs> just go from strength to strength in the wrong way. I, I will say to anyone listening right now, um, I have spent all of today writing a piece for the athletic that will be going live tomorrow morning. So Tuesday, by the time you listen to this, it'll be it'll be live. Um and it is it is all basically it's not describing the game, but it is describing what is going on at Southampton. Mm. Uh and you can't see the face I'm pulling, but it's it's startling how a club that was you know four or five years ago Ronakuma was the manager they had Saudi Omane they were beating Inter Milan in the Europa League and now they're getting done 9-0 um, it was cold no, let me, it was a cold it was wet uh, I didn't wear two layers so it was just me and my turtleneck and I was shivering uh, and there was a point when I was reporting it where, where Southampton fans tweeted me going Carl go home it's too cold go home this ain't this ain't for you you don't support this club you don't have to stay here and I was like no I gotta stay here for the fans Southampton fans are a, del- a delight, like mm. proper delight. I am, I am overwhelmed with how much conversation and sincerity and, and genuine and genuine enthusiasm I had from Southampton fans. And they didn't have to be nice to me. You got to bear in mind, I'm working for a website that has a paywall. Asking people to pay five, ten pound a month for football analysis is it's a request. Not everyone can afford that right now. Life is hard, so they didn't have to be as nice to me as they are right now. And I'm, I'm. I want to say thank you to all those fans. So for the fact that some of these fans are going, Carl, go home. This is our beef. You don't have to do this. That hit differently, <laughs> you know? Mm. We, we did get one question, and I do want to ask it. This is from Kojo, fellow Ghanaian. That uncle of yours, is there anything Hassan Hootel more can do at Southampton given the level of players at his disposal? Yes. 
so Hassel is is a very he's got a very pronounced style of playing football. He very much wants to do a certain thing. He wants to get this team to play this four two 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 formation. He wants to play four at the back. He can't play four four at the back because he's not got good centre backs. So he's playing three to compensate. But one of the centre backs he's using, I don't think is good enough. So I think that's one very basic thing that he can he can Hassel can change. There are other sort of things where he's in this weird half position where. One of the most creative players is Buffal. Buffal is fantastic going forward with the ball, but without the ball, perhaps doesn't have the defensive qualities. So he's playing James Ward-Prowse, a central midfielder, over him at, at right wing. And that's something I think is a waste of everyone's talents. Uh, so that those minor things. But let's be real. This is the club that sold Virgil van Dijk for $75 million and then bought someone from the Bundesliga for $20 million. Uh, if you keep selling high and then buying poop, eventually something's going to go wrong. Mm. And that's what's happening. I think they've had, Southampton have had four or five transfer windows when they've made, where they've replaced very, very good playing staff with cheap playing staff. And now it's all coming home to roost. Mm. You, you only have to look at Southampton's, who the players Southampton have on loan right now. So Fraser Forster is their highest paid player. He's on loan at Celtic. Their record ever signing, uh, Carrillo, who was brought in to replace Graziano Pelle. He's on loan to Leganes right now. Uh, their other rumoured record signing is Yannick Vestergaard, who missed a very, very easy header for Jamie Vardy's goal. Then you've got to look into Mario Lamina. Again, one of their other highest signings for 16 million. He's currently on loan in Turkey, apparently. Well, Lamina is very much one of, he did not get on with the manager and the management. You have to go. Uh, then there is a, another record signing, uh, Mohamed El Nusi, who came in, didn't really do much, and is now on loan for Celtic and has scored four goals in his last six games. A lot of money has not worked out for Southampton. And you, uh, for a club like Southampton, you can't afford to have $100 million on the books on players who aren't playing for your team. Mm. People were tweeting that Southampton are in the Sunderland vortex, where you avoid relegation two or three times, and now it's just, <sighs> your time has come. I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, like, are you worried for the club? Or are you worried for me? Both. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I like Southampton. I, I like them. I've always liked the the team with Mane, Pella. They were just a, a fun team. And now that my boy works there or works in in association in some way, I hope they stay up. They can turn it around. I, I, and the the Hassan Hoodle dude. If you listen to his interviews, I listened to the one before the Chelsea game. He seems like a nice guy. He's a very articulate. He's got a very articulate footballing brain. He's got a very... One thing I quite enjoy about watching Southampton is they very clearly have a plan as to what they're doing on the pitch. So even when it goes wrong, it's quite interesting to describe it. So I know the football they want to play. I know why they want to play it. Um, a statement went out recently from the club saying they're not going to fire him. They he, they believe in him entirely. And and to be fair, I believe in him entirely. He's the one of the best managers in the bottom half. I don't believe he should be in the bottom half. That's how much I believe in that guy. But the, the thing about Southampton and the thing about a lot of football clubs in like the middle class or the, or the moderate middle class is you cannot, if you are going to keep selling players, you've got to make sure those replacements are good enough. And you've got to make sure the people picking those replacements are like constantly lucky. And the problem they had eventually was was they didn't, right? You can't, you can't, re if you've got Virgil van Dijk and you sell Virgil van Dijk, you've got to make sure Virgil van Dijk's replacement is at least half as good. Exactly. And it wasn't. And now they've gone from being eighth in the league to being 18th. 
like I said at the beginning, it's peak. Is there anything else? Is there anything else that should, needs to be said? That that's all me for now. I've I've just written a brand new piece, so that'll be out Tuesday. I hope you'll you subscribe to that and read that. I also say uh, I was at Harringay Football Club last Thursday. Um, so anyone who listens to the podcast, I wasn't there on the podcast last week because I was at Harringay Football Club, and I talked to the players at Harringay about the racism that occurred, what they think should happen with that racism, and we 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 talked to Harringay Football Club, we talked to the FA, we talked to Kick It Out, we talked to players players parents players wives we talk to it's not a long it's not a short read it is five thousand words long minimum it's one you gotta get your cup of coffee get your cup of tea and sit down and just enjoy it on a sunday but if you want to know what's going on with racism in english football i think it's one of the best pieces out there right now and it's not just me it's me it, it's three certified legit investigative journalists who have been in this career for 20 to 30 years um, so I would highly recommend you read that as well. Outside of that, I'm on the Totally Football Show for like 15 minutes talking about Southampton's result. And uh, I don't mind the new Kanye West album. I think it's fine. <laughs> I think it's fine. It's not amazing. I think it's fine. There's two great songs in it and the rest I can throw away. Bro, that Chick-fil-A song. Yeah, Trash, oh, it's weak. <laughs> weak. Weak. Do, do, do you know what the problem with the Chick Fil A song is? Is the two songs that sandwich it are actually not bad. Yeah, Follow God is amazing. But anyway, this has been Carl, and now we're gonna go back to regularly scheduled programming. The links to the articles will be in the description as well. Peace. Um. Now you call a nine nil a resurrection. Yep. I was. Well, but you know, I've, maybe this might be like a flipping colonization or like <laughs> a devaluate. Like, there's gonna be another word because I just think like. Bro, man, I'm, I think maybe it should be a much more harsher word if it happens at the crib. <laughs> so because it happened at, at the crib, it makes it even doubly worse. So. Yo, I, I have I have nine suggestions. I made sure to make it nine. Oh, wow. I, I, I got to find the tweet. Here we go. Um, How do you feel about castration? Too much? Yeah, I'm, I mean, a bit, a bit, a bit so graphic. <laughs> Menstruation, same, I would presume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh hallucination doesn't quite make sense yeah it's too, too, too vague too vague obliteration that's nice but i think obliteration is like it's more like like a five or a six because it, it doesn't really get into the kind of ethereal spectral realms which, where where that and eight <laughs> and nine and ten goes to decimation again six i got like a four zero five zero okay eradication we're, we're getting close that might be like a seven <laughs> or an eight. Condemnation. <laughs> six, six, close, six, close. Six, okay. Uh, and excommunication. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, cl- I close, but I think that might be a seven or an eight. Okay, and uh, and the last uh, a neutralization. Now that's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so, so it's basically something got neutralized. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, did did you watch the game or did you just no. catch highlights? Or I mean, what happened? I, I want to watch the game and I refuse to watch the highlights. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'll admit I only caught from I think the last few minutes of the first half. I saw five nil, and I was like, "Oh, this is the full time score." And then I saw HT. Yeah, and I was like, "Halftime." 
So then I was like, oh, there's a game on Friday afternoon or Friday evening, depending on where you live, or Saturday morning if you're in Australia or someplace like that. Um, I was like, yo, there's a game on. So I put on the the television, and it was halftime. I was like, 5 nil at halftime. What happened? Bertrand had a red card, and then the goals just started going in from there. So I was like, you know, let's watch. Let's see how bad this gets. Six, seven, eight, nine, two hat tricks. I was like, who who gets the ball? Vardy or Perez? Slice it, it You slice it in half. Shouldn't it be like the first person that gets the hat trick gets the ball? Yeah, although, yeah maybe. maybe Something yeah. like that. But then if you're Vardy and you get a hat trick, you really think Perez is going to step to Vardy and be like, I want the ball if he takes it? Maybe not. But maybe Vardy's a nice guy. He's like, I have enough. Maybe he scored a hat trick before. I don't know. But that's just the thing that was there. Madison's free kick. Incredible. Obviously, you haven't seen it, so I can't really talk to you about it. But imagine like Pepe's free kick. It, it wasn't a mirror image, but it was kind of from that same space. Oh, okay. It was good. It was good. Nine. All the fans should be refunded. Like every fan that's attended that game, every Southampton fan that attended the game should have their money refunded for sure. They have that's to. interesting. Do you know what happened? Like, you remember when, um, was it Arsenal when they went to Old Trafford and they got beat 8 2? Yeah. Um, and a lot of people were like, you know, it was an away game. I spent a bunch of money to go from London to Manchester, um, whatever the case. And I, I don't know if the club did this, but I know this, there was a campaign from Arsenal fans that they wanted all the away supporters. Yeah, to but get at least they scored to... two goals. At least they scored two, two goals away from the crib. So eight two still bad. But no, but my, my my point is normally when you see these kind of results, um, and people start talking about, you know, I want to be refunded, it's the away team that wants the refund. So maybe that's 2,000, 3,000 fans. Hmm. How do you refund? I don't know how big um, St. Mary's is. I'd assume it's maybe 20K. How do you hmm. refund 15,000 people their money? Like, that's a lot of money to give back. Then they don't lose that badly. Then they don't get re- res- resurrected then. In American football, they inflate the scores. So a touchdown hmm. is worth six points and then another extra point. So we, we can, we'll call it seven. Really, they could call that one or two points, right? What if in football a goal was worth five points or seven points or mm. ten points or something? Like and Leicester won 90 zero. <laughs> I was just like, like like what if football had that kind of inflation to it? Well, no, 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 I'm 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 glad it doesn't because like no 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 then I mean like see so that, that just goes into crazy ter- territory. Yeah, like if seven one if if seven one, let's say a goal was worth seven points, like it is in American football, so the score would have been forty-nine to seven. Yeah. Um, okay, Burnley 2, Chelsea 4, Christian Pulisic got a hat trick. Um, Americans all went crazy. They were doing this thing on um, NBC television mm. where um, they were in Austin, Texas. Um, if anybody knows South by Southwest. Oh, yeah, 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 the, um, the festival. festival. Yeah, that's that's where that's held. There was just a bunch of Premier League fans, and they were recording like the Chelsea fans, and Pulisic scored the first goal. Very good goal, like a slaloming mm. run, left foot finish, and the people just started going USA, USA. Wow. <laughs> and for me, I was like, "Boom! This is the evidence I need to support my theory that the only reason they bought—not the only reason—the main reason they bought this guy is for this reaction here. What? Why else would you spend sixty-five million on a Dortmund bench player? You would do that. <laughs> oh, that's deep, man. That's deep, man. That's deep. Man. It's the truth. Like I'm not lying." 65 million no, euros. I, I, mean, when you, when, I mean, when you just put it like that, it just seems a bit, you know. 
I mean, like, look, he, he's talented. We, we understand that. But there was a lot of young, talented players in the world. So why spend 65 million euros on this particular one? Because he can do that to the American people. I feel like in the next 10 years or so, a lot more people are going to be in, especially as the games become more available on television. Um, there's going to be a World Cup in 2026 between Canada, America, and Mexico. I feel like Chelsea kind of are reading the tea leaves in that way. And they're like, it makes sense for us to take, and I'm not being hyperbolic when I say this, to buy the greatest American footballer ever. He's 21 already, and it's clear to see. Like, I don't want to hear about Clint Dempsey, oh, and yeah. Donovan, Brian McBride, Agments for London, like, nah. and Clint Dempsey. <laughs> Alexi Lalas. Give me a break. <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, what? That whole landing down on the like, like, wait a minute. Okay, so, so because this this dude is on MTV and TRL, he's now suddenly America's no. And Denver was average. See, Mike, see, for me, Michael Bradley was really good. I thought Michael Bradley was really good, hence why he played for Roma. But Politic is easily the best American player there's ever been. This is this is Chelsea's thinking. I feel like this is why you pay this money because he has the talent to do what he did on the weekend, but also because of who he is. You can find for that for that amount of money, you could find players who are capable of doing similar things on the pitch productive wise. Mm. So like goal contributions. Who can get you 20 goal contributions in the season, goals and assists on the wing? If you if you have 65 million to spend, you could go out and get any any amount of players. You could go spend it on Julian Brandt, on Leon Bailey, on this there's a lot of players. Zaha, just there's a bunch of players you could go get. But why do you get this one? Because of that reaction that you see on American television. Marketing, man, marketing. It's perfect. It's a masterstroke. That was the evidence I needed to support the theory that I had. But if he's going to keep doing that, by all means, bro. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not anti-Pulisic. I'm just kind of anti just, um, how would I put this? Just being played, you know? Like, I know what you're doing. Like, don't, don't tell me it's a, all about football. This is a great footballing move, blah, blah, blah. No, this is about marketing. Which, fair enough. Like, Chelsea Football Club is a well, no, that, But he is good, though. He is, uh, yeah, of course, of course, he's good, but 65 million euros good. Mm. Continue cost 120. We've explained this in the past. I don't care, I don't, I don't buy your explanation. He still costs 120. <laughs> I reject your explanation. Fine, fine, fine. What else happened in that game? William scores. William could have been so talented. Like, whenever time I look on his side, my god, this guy could have been a truly amazing player. He keeps getting well, look at some of the goals that he has scored and what he can just do off his own back as an individual. Because this is what I always say. There are very few players that can just create a goal out of nothing by themselves. Very few players. Mm-hmm. And Will is one of those players. Just that that lack of consistency and that horrendous decision-making is why he wouldn't be regarded as, man, this guy was actually one of the best players of his generation. Like, literally, if he had better decision-making and just made better footballing moves in key areas, he'd easily be one of the best players of his generation because his ability, right and left foot, is bloody amazing. An annoying player, but a good player nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, I don't even know how to discuss this. Oh, Arsenal two, Palace two. Oh, 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 god. <laughs> so Arsenal were up two zero. I now I don't know why the Premier League does this. You have Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, yeah, Saturday evening. Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, you have five slots to show games. You had United, Arsenal, Tottenham, Liverpool, all on at the same time. You couldn't work that better. 
That's crazy. That is crazy. What the hell is wrong with you people? But anyway, during the Arsenal Palace game, Tottenham-Liverpool were playing. So obviously people were watching Tottenham-Liverpool. But there's like a little ticker in the top if you're watching on a stream or if you're watching on television. I want to admit which one I was watching on. And um, you saw like Arsenal very early, Arsenal 1, Arsenal 2. And then you look at the goals on your phone. It's like Socrates and Luis. What the hell's going on? Like, why, why are the defenders scoring goals? But then, okay, Arsenal up 2-0. I don't need to pay attention to that. They're going to get three points. And then Crystal Palace get one. They get two. And it's just like, well, yo. And I think it's maybe 60 minutes, somewhere around there. And so I, I, I witnessed the incident just as it's happening as I switch streams. I just admitted what I did. And you see Xhaka coming off. <laughs> you, you see Xhaka coming off. And he starts, like, kind of like riling up the crowd i was like oh so maybe he's just trying to you know gas the crowd up and get them yeah. going, going <laughs> yeah. so they can get three two but then you hear the turn to booze and it's like what and then he cups his ears like he's a wrestler the rock or something i don't know i don't watch wrestling but I'm, I'm, i'll assume that's what they do and it's just like what the hell's going on then he walks off the pitch takes off the kit i'm like yo and the crowd is okay and then you know obviously i go back to twitter and I watch it again, and like, oh, so the crowd were just booing him. Like, what did he do? Because I wasn't watching the game. So then I'll go watch Arsenal Fan TV, and people were like, Xhaka didn't have that bad of a game, but the fans were pissed off with him. From from your perspective, how do you see this incident? For me, you know, um, I've got to just keep it real, man. Um, Arsenal tickets are amongst the most expensive tickets you're going to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the most expensive season tickets in Europe, which I find insane. Um, so I pay all this money and I expect my players to play at a very high high level. So you're saying that I can't boo a guy who is a brick. Whether he played well on, on well or not in that game, he is a brick. Someone <laughs> is the captain. And he's saying that I can't boo him, even if this guy ends more in a week than I will see in four, five, six, six years. But I should be chastised because I shouldn't boo a guy who everyone knows that is average and ain't very good. That's what's. I mean, people say, "Oh no, like you should be supporting your players, you should be encouraging your your players, you should be egging them on." You shouldn't be, bruh. I've paid my money and my cash. If I think this guy's crap, let me boo him because I think this this dude, dude is crap. This is one from Tapiwa Musa at the Only Taps. Why are Arsenal fans acting like Jacka's reaction was sacrilegious? We don't dictate how people react. Humans have different limits. For example, Eto gets racially abused, keeps playing scores, and celebrates with a monkey celebration. Ever gets racially abused, attack the fan. To quote Charlemagne, some just gonna react like Jay Z, some niggas gonna react like Ray Rice. <laughs> ah, oh no, okay, okay. If you provoke me as an individual, I'm in my right to react how I want within the law. I suppose going at his wife was where Xhaka drew the line in his case. This is from Mason Boris. Where does Xhaka rank as one of the most gutless, spineless captains in Premier League history? Even S-heads like Lee Catamore could put in a tackle while this guy boos his own fans. And lastly, on this one, a question from Linden Boulevard 1. Are Emery and Xhaka finished at Arsenal? Uh, One more. Why do Arsenal fans hate Xhaka more than anyone else? He's treated like their worst player. What is the source of their disdain for him? Those are all the Jacka questions that we got. Is it mm. sacrilegious? I fully to defend his reaction. You're only human. Also, oh, you should rise above him. You shouldn't say anything. Like, if it was me, 
me and especially if I'd had a bad day, when I was like, "Yeah, screw, um, screw you, pricks. Let me go back to my sixty, eighty thousand pound a week, um, thing that I'm, I'm getting. Screw you guys." So, so for me, I think the fans are in their right to boo. Shaka is well in his rights to react like like that's hundred percent. Now you will not have to face the consequences for that and so forth and accept those consequences. But yeah, he's perfectly within his rights. So, all so let me illustrate. So people are saying that Emery should walk off the pitch and be like, okay, blah, 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 while he's getting booed and insulted. Come on. No, no. He's in his rights. I feel like that's a natural reaction to being booed by 60,000 people. So I'm not going to say like he was wrong, but I feel like he could have handled it more wisely. You could have done it better than just like goad them. And apparently he didn't stay in the stadium. Like I was trying to say, he, he went through the tunnel, got in his car and left. Wow. The question, is he the most spineless, gutless captain in Premier League history? I don't have a list of Premier League captains, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I, sure. I would like to know from, from Mason Boris. He's an Arsenal fan. Maybe you could like get in get in touch with us like after you hear this. But why don't why do Arsenal fans hate him like this? It does like he's not like their worst player. Whenever these things happen, I always like to read Instagram comments. So basically, <laughs> this is obviously like I mean, his last Instagram post was two days ago. Uh-huh. But obviously, people just want to vent, so they'll just put in, even if it doesn't have anything to do with your image, they'll still vent. So let me just read a few. Not my captain. The worst player ever. Take one for the team and fake an injury. The worst player in the Premier League. We don't want you at a club. I heard your wife was calling you at home. Can you go home now? Please, bro, <laughs> please renounce your captaincy. Renounce? That guy's black, is it? <laughs> no, no, he must be. Oh, yeah, and when does your contract ex- expire? Please sit this one out. Play like a captain. Okay, out of club. Actually, actually, actually wait, wait, someone else said something like, is Xhaka Arsenal's level? What is Arsenal's level in 2019? That's the, that's the thing. Is, <laughs> this is a mad sense. But is Xhaka not Europa League quality? They've got to change that song, man. They have to change that. (laughs) Seriously, Val LeBron like video of <laughs> okay. Composer, composer, composer. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> because, like, how do you how do you go around? <laughs> 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 okay, because we don't, we don't want, we don't want to think. Just scrap the song. Just don't have a song. Just go and play like because they never had a song. Basically, because the Champions League song is so iconic, probably one of the yeah. most <laughs> iconic songs ever. Because remember, like UEFA Cup never had a, a a song. They just played it. But now they say, "Missy, first of all, who decided to even make a theme tune?" And when you're falling up against a theme tune so iconic, it will never be as good. Not only is it not as good, it's bad. It's really because it's confusing. There's so much stuff happening. So it's actually a bad song in and of itself. 
So it's just, yeah, it's just bad all the way around. I don't even think we can play it because it might get copyright struck. Oh, no, no, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, should do you think he should remain the captain, though? Um, No. I don't either. The, the key thing is what Emery does. Because it's, it's, all, it's all, 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 all on Emery. Let's say that Emery doesn't do even anything. Emery's like, oh, you can play if you want, if you don't want to play, blah, blah. But he doesn't do any action. That is really bad on, on Emery. And he, even he's under pressure as well. The right thing for Emery thing to do is to come out and say, like, yeah, I've stripped him of his captaincy. Interesting that that is wrong for a captain to do that. So all eyes on Emery as to how he handles this. I don't know why he was captain to start with. Bro, I swear to you, I have videos, I've got receipts, I've got evidence. For so long, I said, wait a minute, how is I can be one of Arsenal's worst players the captain? This guy's average. Why is he the captain? You know, like your captain doesn't need to be your best player, but your captain can't be one of your worst players. Maybe you could explain this to me. What makes Xhaka so bad? What's the thing about Xhaka that makes him useless? You know what it is? It's not even really his fault. It's basically, uh, Xhaka is a a functional DM. Mm -hmm. He's not a central midfielder who can control the game, but he's been played as a central midfielder who's supposed to be controlling the the game. Gengenduzi is sort of your supplementary midfielder. So the thing with with Xhaka is that, you know, when he, you just put him in the DM role, it's cool. When you see Xhaka for Switzerland, Switzerland are not really a attacking offensive team. They're a functional, balanced team. So it works well in there. Because Arsenal are an attacking team, they like to keep possession of, of, of the ball. I like to really move move the ball forward and, and play in a very attractive way. You do need a central midfielder who is technically proficient and can control the, the game. Xhaka can do that. So his passes are very ordinary. They're not interesting he's not really he doesn't do anything creative when he's in the ball it's just very basic very functional and you know just just very plain so his deficiencies as a footballer are exposed because he's been played in the role of the central mid mid, mid midfielder rather than him being a dm where you you're not really required to have high technical quality so that's the Hmm. thing i have written down norwich one manchester united three yeah we talked earlier about you know you have a player like salah who I don't know. I never really trusted him to take penalties, but I think after what he did in 2017 or, yeah, 2017 when he got um, Egypt qualified for the World Cup, mm. he had, like, the weight of a country on his back and he just... Oh, no, he's I, a very good penalty taker, a very good penalty taker. I don't think he's missed one since then, or if he has, yeah. it's been saved. So we referenced that earlier in the episode, but Manchester United, who do you go to? Paul Pug was out with injury. Fred, Fred, Fred Flintstone. Scott McTominay! You're, you're a fan of McTominay? Yes, because he's got a very funny name, and the guy he, works hard. I think they say um, McTominay still gets text messages from Jose, like even up till now. Oh wow! Yeah, so they have like a good relationship, I guess. Oh, oh you know, no, no, well, okay, well, that's it. But it's, I but thought no, that no, might have been part yeah. of it. But he's got a cool name. name. <laughs> I like, I like his name, and I just think I think the guy, you know, he's in the greatest player in the world, but he is he does his role well. Pog was out until December with an ankle injury. Mm, ankle, quote unquote. Zidane. I know, and I was thinking a- after we saw the Pogba Zidane conference somewhere mm. in the Middle East, I'm not sure where. Maybe Zidane said, um, "Please, uh, can you just get injured, please?" So Janvier, get get your ass out of that place. So yeah, <laughs> I have written down. Could this pave the way to a January transfer? And this is not going to happen. I mean, for for, for 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 football, I think it would be great for football if it did happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. Do you know what else is interesting? Speaking of Madrid, and mm. I don't know the point of this necessarily, but I find it interesting. 
Gareth Bale wants Real Madrid to keep his injury reports secret. So he's been out the last two games against Galatasaray and in the league. Obviously, mm. they didn't they didn't have a game this week because the Classical was postponed. But he's facing some injury, and he's told the club that he doesn't want them to publish why he's injured. And I was thinking, should should we be known? Sh- should we know why players are injured? So so the fact that we know Pogba has an ankle injury. I mean, s- sometimes it's obvious, right? Mm. So a player twists his ankle. We all see it. He's going to be out two weeks. The manager can't necessarily lie. You get injured in training, though. Nobody sees it. Do I have to tell you what's wrong with me? Because I, w- I was reading a story about how United um, stalled on getting bail in the summer because they were worried about his injury history. That is very important if you're trying to buy a player. You have to have injury reports. What injuries do you get? How how often do they recall? And what is your injury history? So then we can then assess whether it is worth taking the risk and trying to trying to buy you. So that is it. So basically, if I'm trying to go look for a player and I know this player is injury prone, it is very important that I know the full extent of your injury history. You have to. So that has to be known. To, for a team, sure, that's trying to buy you, sure. Yeah. But I mean, public like us, just the mm. general public, should we know what the player's injuries are? Yeah, I mean, we don't really need to. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, you, you can maybe get lawyers and say, like, you know, that's 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 my personal history. Hence, why, like, your doctor or your GP doesn't publicly release your medical records. Your your your, your medical records. That's that's that that is personal stuff and everything. So you I know, can... in um in the NHL and hockey, they mm. have two kinds of injuries, or maybe three, um, head injuries basically. Mm. Then they have upper body and lower body, and that's all they tell you. So either you're in the concussion protocol, and this is just somebody who barely knows hockey. So if somebody knows hockey out there better than I, put it in the comments. But I think there's just you're either in the concussion protocol, like you got hit in the head or the puck hit you or something, mm. or you have an upper body that could be shoulder, chest, rib, hand. It could be anything, upper body or lower body. So that could be your ankle, your knee, your thigh, calf. It could be anything. So they don't put out the the reports necessarily because I guess they don't want people to target specific areas because hockey is obviously a more contact sport than football is. So let's say I know that Mohamed Salah has an ankle injury. If you're a defender, maybe, do you target the ankle because you know it's hurt? Or would it be better off if Liverpool just didn't have to divulge where Salah was feeling pain and you'd be better off that way? So it could be like a tactical thing, but but just in a more basic sense, if I'm hurt, I don't I don't feel like I have to tell the public like, yo, my elbow's broken. Like, why do you need to know? Just, just yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah. Like, like maybe, maybe as the parent said, why does the public have to know? A club that's trying to buy me, they they are within their rights to know. Mm. It put the public and us within their rights to have that or know that kind of information. Why? And I mm. guess like if you're paying money. In a way, yeah, you do have. You might feel like you have a right, but I don't really think it's a legitimate gripe. Personally, Bale's injured. I don't need to know more than that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of La Liga, though, quite interesting. We we get on Granada a lot because they are <laughs> the team. Bro, mir- wait, mir- mir- miracles do happen. Miracle- they are top. I I I know they have games in hand, and Barcelona could go top if they had played this week. But Granada are top of La Liga, man. Shocking. Didn't these guys lose like 8 0 9 0 like three or four years ago? I swear. Bro, so Real Madrid or something. Granada, Elche, all these teams just they, they run together. I'm not sure who lost to who. 
<laughs> I'm more, I don't know. <laughs> not sure. No, but, no, no. But well done. It's, it's like they're, they're, they're not sniffing the La Liga title, but look, man. You, well done. I mean, because I think they got promoted this season. At, at, at what point in the season do you give the underdog a chance that yo, they can actually win the league? Obviously, not 10 games through. But we're talking 20 no, games, no, like, 25, like um, two thirds into the season. If they're still in it, then I'm like, there's a, there's, there's a chance. So basically, like February, March. If February, March, you're still top of the table, top, mm. not chasing top of the table, you've got a chance. You've got a chance. Associate at a third, by the way. La Liga's open. Press Google and type in Bundesliga table. <laughs> I've seen it. Crazy. Seen it. <laughs> that is insane. Yo, did, did, did you watch Dortmund's Schalke? No, I did, I did not. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't have time. I didn't sit in. You did yourself a favor. Trash. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was very boring. It was very, very boring. Apparently, there, I, I, I was listening to the commentary, which I really do. But I think one of, the, one of the things they said was there hadn't been a nil-nil since the 90s. And what? the game ends nil-nil. I don't, I don't know if that was something I heard well, that was it, right or wrong. In, in the Bundesliga. No, there hadn't been a nil-nil in that derby in oh, Schalke okay, Dortmund okay, okay. since maybe 98 or 97, maybe? Yeah, Dortmund, like, I, I, they've hit a brick wall, man. They've hit a brick wall. Yeah. He played forward. He played Hakimi and Guerrero on one side. And I was mm. looking at that like, that's a bit defensive. I don't know what that's about. And then Paco's yeah. injured. So there's Gotza in kind of like a false nine with Royce in behind. I was just like, eh. And Brent Hazard on the bench. It's not looking great in terms of just like their team construction or just the 11s Favre's picking. But it's, everything is so close that it's hard to know what's going to happen. If, if even, even the Premier League, I remember United were 15th before they played their game. They beat Norwich and I think they went to 7th now or 8th. So like they jumped a lot of spots. In the Bundesliga, it's even more dynamic what, what can happen because of how tight or compact everything is. In in League A, PSG are up by eight points. I think they have 27 points compared to the next team in 19th. Now, I, I got into a debate earlier with somebody. What? Why do you think League A has regressed? <laughs> or why do you think League A is so imbalanced? Is this a trick question? It's not a trick question. League A hasn't regressed and it hasn't gotten worse. It's just that a team is just so much better than the rest of the league. If you take PSG away, it's actually a pretty competitive league. You know, it's, it's actually a decent, you say a pretty de- de- decent league, which can which you could say is arguably comparable to the Bundesliga and even to the Serie A as well. But because one team is so much better than everyone else, and we can't just ignore this team that still competes in the league and smacks every team every week and wins it by 20 points, it makes the league look very embarrassed and it just decreases how you view the league and decreases its standing within Europe based on just how overpowered one team is. But you take PSG away, look, Marseille are decent, Lyon are decent, Lille are looking pretty, pretty good. So it's it's it's, it's decent. Now, look, look at how Lille are struggling, are struggling in Chelsea's group. If it's a shootout, I'll still put a Bundesliga team over Ligue 1, maybe a Premier League team, maybe a Serie A team, definitely a La Liga team, you know, over a... Ligon team. So even if you were to take PSG away, Ligon would still sort of within the standing would still fall below Bundesliga, Premier League, La Liga, and Syria. So I was watching the Bundesliga, right? And I saw Hummels. Hummels did something 
And I was like, oh, it's interesting that Hummels has been in Germany his whole career. He played for Dortmund, then he went to Bayern, and then he went back to Dortmund. And I was, th- I, I looked at the player, and I just thought, a lot of these the German national team players play in Germany, right? You might see Kroos or Ozil when he was playing. You might they might play overseas or whatever the case may be. But generally speaking, most of the best German players play in Germany. Then I was thinking about Spain. Obviously, they have Madrid, they have Barcelona, they have Atletico. Most of the best Spanish players play in Spain. You look at England, England is notorious that their players don't leave England. The best Italian players generally play in Italy. Yeah. But you look at France. Do the best French players play in France? No. No. So no, like, I, mean, I mean, look at the French team. Only really Mbappe is the one. Like, that's the main one. Let's go through the French team. Loris Tottenham. Pavel, Bayern, Munich, Hernandez, um, I think, yeah, yeah, Bayern, Varane, Real Madrid, Umtiti, Barcelona, Kanti, Chelsea, Pogba, United, Matuidi, Juventus, Giroud, Chelsea, Griezmann, Barcelona. Um, Okay, okay, and then if you're now going to the squad, Lagazette, Arsenal, Unzonzi, Dembele, Usman Dembele. So, yeah, it's like Mbappe is only dude. You can go into the squad. You could talk about, you know, Mandanda or mm. Rami, probably. Sorry. You could talk about maybe some of the Leon players from back in the days. Um, even, um, what's his, what's his face? Um, and Dumbele left. He's gone to Spurs. Yeah. Nabil Fakir has gone to Spain. You, you just kind of look at it like, what is it about French players that they, they, they don't stay in France? Like, the, you could make the French League better if you put all of those players into PSG, into Monaco, into, I don't know, Nantes, Bordeaux, Marseille, Lyon, like and any any of them. I'm like, no, no, why? But, but, but see, I, I have the answer here, and I think it's good that you brought up this Syria. The exact same thing would happen in the Syria than in the French League, but what is the difference? It's a cultural and personality thing. And for Italians, they are fiercely royal, loyal to Italy, where they're from, and just being loyal to their base. Hence why you saw Totti... There was to stay at Roma for ages when they could have easily have left. So for mm-hmm. Italian, they're like, no, I will remain at this Italian club and I will I'll remain here. This is my club, blah, blah, blah. But I think for French people, they're like, oh, if this is a bigger club that's going to put me at a, a much more higher profile, I'm going to move. <laughs> I'm going to move. Like, so why the hell am I going to stay? I'm going to move. So boom. So I just think that, you know, that is the difference. But actually, because if we look at the Italian team, though, how many of them actually do play, play in Italy? A lot. I'm trying to think. Well, let me let's bring up. Um, okay, here we go. So let's. I'm just let's look look at their last game. So Liechtenstein. Let's look at the lineups. All right. So Sirigu, did he go back to thingy? Not sure. Okay, Romagnoli, Milan. Uh, a lot of these guys I don't even know. Zaniolo. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> Benedeschi, Milan, Other than like Verratti, Jorginho, I'm trying to think. Um, Actually, let's. I th- uh, yeah, I think. This are there is any a- Italians that play for one of the big Spanish clubs? Okay, no, no, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, this is better. So, okay, so Don Donnarumma, yep. Um, Dan, okay, D'Ambrosi, Italy, Bonucci, Italy. No sure about Spinazzola and Atherby. Barella, I believe that's Italy. Jo- okay, Jorginho, that's Chelsea. Verratti, France. Immobile, Italy. Chiesa, Italy. Okay. Most yeah, most but my, my my point is like, why is this? Like, who is to blame for this? You know who I blame? Who? Arsene Wenger. 
if, if if you look at the early 90s, I feel like Marseille were in two Champions League finals. Mm. Tends to show me that that league was probably pretty strong in the early 90s. You have, and you can just look at the 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 World Cup 98 and you could tell the type of talent that was coming out of out of France in the in the 90s right I feel like there's a before Arsene Wenger and an after Arsene Wenger and obviously this this idea isn't totally fleshed out so maybe next week I'll, I'll come to you with like a more rounded idea but I feel like Arsene Wenger is the person that destroyed the French league he takes Petit he takes Vieira he takes Henri he takes Perez he takes a core of French players. He kind of showed that, yo, if you go to France, there's players to be found and you can get them there. Because <laughs> all of the best players since like, what, 6, 97, 98, mm. they all leave. Why? Stay in France. But I, I think maybe you give maybe a better explanation that it's just cultural. Yeah. And I didn't think of this until now, but let's go racial. <laughs> Oh, Lord. oh hey, hey, hey. yeah, yeah. I know exactly where you're going. I know exactly. If, if, where if you're going. looking culturally, maybe and, and, no, no, it doesn't even work that way. Because Giroud doesn't stay, Loris doesn't stay, Griezmann doesn't stay. So even the white guys leave. But do, do do you really have a connection if you're an Af- you're the child of an African immigrant or an African immigrant yourself? Do you have the connection to the country of France? Yeah, no, not really. No, maybe you don't. So maybe it's easier to leave that there and go somewhere else where they're offering more money or better opportunity, whatever the case may be. But yeah, I just look at Ligue 1. I'm just like, why don't you guys stay in France? It's not it's not a trash country. Why don't y'all stay? Okay. There was one key Champions League match this week. Ajax Chelsea. Well, mm. actually, there, there are two, but there's only one I'm, I'm concerned about. <laughs> Michi Batshuayi with the... <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Look back. Kudos, 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 kudos. Congrats. You were forward, man. You were forward. You guys texted me at like the same time, like synchronized swimmers. Just like, yo, Daniel, trash. Is that your boy when he had the one miss? <laughs> like, look, like, calm down, chill. He's going to get another chance. He got another I'm, chance. I'm, I'm, I mean, like, he put it in the back of the net, bro. Say again. Because like me and me and me and Ford were like, oh man, God, <laughs> it was a bad miss. It was a bad miss. But he was offside. He wasn't offside. But mm. I'd like to think. No, he was but but look, I see. See, this is what I always say: is like, Sam Abraham is the better footballer. Baswai is the better goal scorer. You always, always need a guy who's a goal scorer. You're not always going to score the, the the perfect goal. What do you want to win or to look good? The ideally, you want to look good and win. So with Sam Abram, with the way in which he plays and connects with guys, you're going to look good and win in style. But there's just times where Sam Abram, he's still young. He still needs to get an experience. And even if when he gets that experience, I just don't think he has the same kind of instincts, mm-hmm. goal scoring actually instincts that Batswai has. Yeah. Batswai just has those strikers' instincts that you can't teach. You can't teach those things. You just either have it or you or you don't. So where Batswai feels in, in, uh, with looking good and being technically good on the ball in the way that Sam Abraham is, his strength lines that like he just knows how to score, you know, mm-hmm. and that is a skill in itself. That's that's why that's why he's my guy, man. <laughs> did you see what Jorginho did to him, yo? That's suspect, man. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, I mean, all right. So uh let's 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 do the questions. We have 10 minutes hmm. scheduled here. Now you brought one. Who's the best passer in the world? Who's the best passer of the ball in the world? Because there's a clear answer here. I think that there are two De Bruyne and Messi, and you can choose either one. And my argument, and it's just an argument, and I'm willing to say no and everything because I just think you can either either or. My argument is De Bruyne, you know, because that, I think yeah, that that was that's that's who I thought 
it was a clear in terms oh, of because so yeah. so it's clearly Dodo Bruyne. In terms of short passing, medium passing, long passing, crossing, he's got it all. But okay, but then I then put I posed this question to the guys in the hangouts, and everyone said it's a clear answer. Messi, don't even. There's no point in even bringing up De Bruyne. And even when I put it onto Twitter, everyone said no. It's 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 Messi. De Bruyne can't compete. And I said that. I is that just you being reactionary and using media hype because Messi has to be amazing at everything? If you actually look at their games, in terms of through balls and passing in tight spaces, Messi wins it. In terms of crossing, long range passing and even mid range passing, De Bruyne wins it. And if you don't take everything into account. So to try to just average everything out, I think De Bruyne wins out because De Bruyne can still do through balls and he can still do passes in tight spaces, but Messi's long-range passing can't compete with De Bruyne's long-range passing. So if you average everything out, it's De Bruyne. I don't know if I've seen a better crosser of the ball. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, all-time is David Beckham. It's the only thing that he, he, he could do. <laughs> that was oh, no, no, no. He is easily the best crosser of the ball, 100%. Let's, let's get through these questions from Jack. At LFC Jack 1995, thoughts on Classico getting postponed for political reasons. I feel like we discussed this. Yeah, I mean, look, it is um, what it is. Look, I mean, why, 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 what's you, you, you want Andrew to get stoned and, and pissed, pissed on by Catalans? Come on. If, if you go back into the catalog, maybe two, three episodes ago, we discussed Catalan independence. So check that out. From Packed Mouse, if time travel was possible, would you go 50 years into the future to see the state of your club and football in general? Or go back and experience your club's greatest ever triumph again without having the memory of said event, i.e. Oh, come on. Easily the second option. As Chelsea fans, you'd most likely go back to May 2012. <laughs> um, If time travel was possible, I think I'd always want to go forward, not back, just as a principle. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Principle, yes. So if you give me the option that I get to go in the future 50 years and I'm still me, like I'm still 29 years old and I get to go into the future 50 years. I probably do that. Like say goodbye to my loved ones and everything. Um, Cause I don't think my parents are going to live 50 years more, but you know, you say goodbye and all that kind of stuff. And then you go 50 years into the future. See what happens. Actually, now that I think about it, going back is better because as we've seen in back to the future, the film, you could just live off of making bets. I mean, do you know how much money you would make betting on Greece to win the Euros? <laughs> or Leicester to win the league? But, 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 but you know the funny thing about that is that you have to be very careful. Because let's say... You, you get everything right. For instance, let's say you go back to 2014 and you put a bet that Brazil are going to lose 7-1 to Germany in the semis. The bookers will be like, that's a very specific scoreline. And if it's actually just happened, they like, whoa. Nah, man, there is some dodgy stuff happening here, but so you know. But in any, yo, know, we have a, we have a betting episode in the in our catalog as well. Talk about that. But I, I'm just saying, if you know you're going to win, hundred percent, because you're going back into the past with knowledge of the future, hmm. that's the way to do it. I don't care so much about um, living the May 2012 Chelsea thing. Like I did it once; it's okay. But as see, Pat Mouse is a City fan. So maybe he would want to go into the future where Manchester City have won the Champions League a few times um, in the next few decades. Um, but, but, but then he wouldn't experience it. What's the point in going in there, seeing us, but you don't experience it? Oh, we've won the Champions League, but you didn't experience it live. Then what's the point? 
you watch some highlights if they still have YouTube in 50 years. Um, Black Emoji, what's the point of calling it a top six? Last I checked, the top teams play in the Champions League. The top, I guess you mean the top four teams play in the Champions League. And you can't really be labeled a top team if you consistently play on Thursday nights. <laughs> a large fan base doesn't make you a top team. See United and Arsenal, for examples. It's called a top six just because those are the six biggest teams in England that play in the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and in theory, any one well, of guess teams could get top four with maybe Leicester now. Um, but yeah. It's called a top six because it's it's like musical chairs almost. Like you know, likely if they do things correctly, one of those four of those six teams are going to be in the top four, but you can't say exactly who, especially once you get past the top two. Spend ten years in prison or stay in prison until Manchester United win the Champions League. Ooh. Dick. Which, How about don't go to prison at all, man? No, 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 no. No, it's it's an either or. Would you rather st- Spend 10 years in prison or stay in prison until Manchester United win the Champions League again. So basically, will United win the Champions League in the next 10 years? No. So you're better off going to 10 prison years in prison. 10 yeah. Years. yeah. Do, 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 do the 10 year bid. <laughs> um, rank these legends who retired in 2019 Van Persie, Eto. Xavi, Torres, Robin, Schweinsteiger. We have Van Persie, Eto, Xavi, Fernando Torres, Robin, Schweinsteiger. So I let, if, if, if we start from the bottom, mm. Van Persie at the bottom. Okay. No, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Van Persie at the bottom. Torres number... Yeah, yeah. Then Torres. Then, then Torres. Then Eto, or do we put Schweinsteiger? Because Eto, no, no, Schweinsteiger, Schweinsteiger. Yeah, then Schweinsteiger. So, so now probably Robin, then Eto, then Zavi. Nope. Um, that's that's you. Um, so <laughs> I would then I would go um, Javi, Eto, Robin. <laughs> um, you know, Javi has like. World Cup and some Euros and Robin. I don't give a crap about you. This is rank the players, not not rank the accolades or rank the teams you played for. Rank the rank the, the players. Javi, Etso, Robin. Thank you. Fine. Okay. Those are the answers to our questions. We got. We thank you guys for the questions. Remember the tweet for question goes out every Monday. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics. Follow us on SoundCloud. Hit the hearts if you if you like it. If you're on Spotify. Follow if you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, leave a five star review, and we will read it on the show. Uh, have hope. Where can people get you? Halffootballhots.com, man. Everything you need is right there on that homepage, baby. I'm at Danny to look, calls at Anchorman 616. Talking Taxes Podcast, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always for ball. Indeed. And we will see you guys next week. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.